Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. What now, Marty? I have got to start packing for Gen Con. I have to get the geek shirts together and the hand sanitizer. Well, well, why didn't you tell me you were recording? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, Game Boy Geek himself, Dan King, joins the guys and they discuss five Gen Con games they are most looking forward to. Now, I have got to get back to packing. You should see all the moon pies. And welcome back to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode number 72. I just can't wait to be king. I'm Tony. And this is Marty. And we have a fun-filled, heavy-packed Gen Con extraordinaire show, don't we, Marty? Oh my gosh, yes. We are so excited to have the Game Boy geek himself, Dan King, on the show. And and Tony, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. We're going to be talking about all the games we're looking forward to at Gen Con, so we might want to get started on that. Plus, he's out there in Phoenix, in our green room in Phoenix, Marty, and if it's hot, so the moon pies are melting quickly. The chocolate is just <laughs> nasty. You know when I, you know how it is out there. You, and, and nobody can eat a messy moon pie. Found out a new way to eat a moon pie that somebody let me know about, and it is awesome. Take a moon pie, put it in the microwave for 15 seconds. Oh, my. It's like a s'mores, isn't it? It is. It is phenomenal. Moon pie. And, and my son's now only, that's the only way they eat it now. They're walking around with a, with a plate with a moon pie in it, eating with a fork. And you know what would be even more special on that moon pie? What's Some that? of Vanessa's homemade vanilla ice cream. Ooh. Oh, yes. We must make this happen. That sounds good. <laughs> next, next, Our next game day we get together, we need to tell her to make some homemade ice cream for us, and we'll do that. That lady can make some serious ice cream. I know that. So, But I, I hear Dan clawing on the door over there. So are you ready to get over there? Can't wait. Let's get started. We are so excited to have with us today the man with the sultry voice and good looks that provides high-quality game board review videos with smooth jazz sounds and tasteful use of depth of field. It's the Game Boy Geek himself, Dan King. Welcome to the show, Dan. <laughs> okay, out of those 10 accolades, uh, you got like maybe one of Dan, them. Dan, I was confused. Like. I thought he was introducing me again until he talked about the, the sounds. But okay, yeah, I'm good with Dan coming on the show. I'm loving this, man. <laughs> now, Dan, I must apologize because I know you just got off doing an episode of The Secret Cabal. And I know that those guys over there probably have really elaborate green rooms with huge buffets and plush studios with nice air conditioning and stuff. And all the week it offered you was RC and Moon Pies in a crate to sit on but that's you know that's what happens on a low budget show man hey moon pies if you guys remember at bgg con i was like killing you guys to get i almost uh, yeah I, I think i took you guys out to, the, to behind behind the woodshed and stole some from you guys because that those things are the best i think i caught like five of them during the podcast and that's one of my favorite pictures that scott king did of us uh, you getting a moon pie from me i had that posted up on my wall at work and everybody's like what the heck is that and i said it's an inside thing don't worry about it guys but it, it, it's, it was good times at bgg con and i can't wait you you going to bgg con man yeah, it's my favorite convention of the year, so I wouldn't miss it. I, I, I just went to Dice Tower Con, and then I'm, miss, I'm missing Gen Con this year. In lieu of Dice Tower Con, I made that decision, and then I'm definitely going to be to G Con because it's, it's my favorite. It's where I actually met you guys face-to-face last year for the first time. That's line. right, and we'll be doing it again, and we'll have Moon Pies for you for sure. I doubt I'm going to throw any out anymore because I did it at Origins, and I think Tom's like sick of that at that point. So we'll have to find a new shtick, Tony, this year to do instead of throwing out Moon Pies. And that's For the rest of you, that's that's 
code words for I'm too old and my arm hurts. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a video of me. I was doing pretty well. Jamie from the Secret Cabal came up afterwards and said, dude, where'd you get that arm from? I said, that's just not using it in a little while. I used to, now, when I, I used to have a rag arm when I played so much softball with Tony, but I guess over the years it's healed. So, But uh, enough about us playing old sports and things like that. But I did have a quick question, Mark. You said he was sitting on a crate. Have you not finished webbing the lawn chair yet? <laughs> My bad. Yeah, no, I, I haven't finished yet. Oh, actually, Dan, I have a bone to pick with you. So I found your your uh, video review show years ago, and it happened to be when I was looking for a review on a Game Boy game. Dude, you don't do Game Boy <laughs> reviews. Of course not. And uh, yeah, Tom and I have had many battles over my my nickname many times. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've kind of explained it a bunch of times, but are you asking me to explain it? Because I could do it in like, you know, a minute. That was a perfect segue and you had to ruin it by, do you want me to explain it? I was like, it's right there. I set you up perfectly. Uh, yeah, that was almost too big of a softball. I thought, I thought you were going to get me ready and then you are going to pull the carpet out from under me, right? When I was, uh, you know, five or six years old, I'd walk around the house with board games in my arms, over my head. I'd be walking, bumping into walls. They'd be, they'd be taller than my eyes and I would walk by everybody in the house and go, want to play a game? Nope. Okay, go to the next person. Want to play a game? Nope. Oh, want to play a game? Yes. Okay, let's get someone else. Want to play a game? And I would just walk around the house, family gatherings every day with all these games. And so my dad just nicknamed me the Game Boy. My whole life I've been called the Game Boy. Of course, this was, because I am old enough, this was far before the Game Boy ever came out Nintendo-wise, right? This was the early 80s that this was happening. And so he nicknamed me the Game Boy. Later on, the Game Boy comes out from Nintendo, so there's that. And then uh, the geek side of things came when I went to Northeastern University and got an electrical engineering degree uh, of an undergrad. And that kind of solidified me as being a geek because I lived, breathed formulas for five years there. And uh, so, yeah, they put those two things together. My dad still calls me the Game Boy as I come over there and bring games. So that's kind of how the name was, was, was established. So let me understand this for those keeping score. That's not one, not two, but three electrical engineers on a podcast. I'm sorry. That's amazing. We should be playing uh, Tesla versus Edison, the War of Currents. Uh, there you go. There you go. Which I actually, I actually need to try, or Power Grid, or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, Power Grid. Oh man. So, but Dan, when did you get started doing all those videos, all those great reviews for us to take in? Uh, let's see. It was about two and a half years ago. So it, I, 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 Tom picked me up as soon as I got about ten videos in of just throwing them up on my own channel, and uh, he he contacted me really quickly and asked me if I would join. And, you know, at that time, so it was about two years ago, two years ago, two and a half years ago. And at the time, really, it was the Dice Tower was just beginning its expansion, if you will. You know, it was mainly him and Ryan Metzler at the time doing the video reviews, and so I was kind of the new kid on the block and. You know, two and a half years later, you look at the Dice Tower and there's, you know, many, many, many contributors now that and it just keeps growing. It doesn't seem like it's only been two and a half years based on your catalog. I mean, that thing's huge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's bigger than I thought it would be at this time. So I, I think I've got close to 400 reviews uh, since then. I, I usually roughly do about three a week, uh, give and take. You know, last few weeks have been more. Some weeks might be less. But on average, it's about three reviews a week for two and a half years. So that, that kind of adds up after a while. And then had some videos at Gamma that kind of shot in there as well. Do you get together with um, other reviewers and Tom and decide who, who's going to do what game so you don't overlap? No. In fact, Tom actually likes it when we do overlap uh, because, you know, it's a different perspective, right? I mean, just because he likes something doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to like it and vice versa. So he he's very big on having multiple opinions on the same game. And I, I like that, too, because, you know, 
uh, a lot of times you'll find a reviewer that you like, or you, I mean, the real key is to find someone that you that's consistent so that whether they like or whether they don't like a game, you know, whether you, you know, you'll like it or not very well by that. Right. So some people, you know, their, their tastes are so different from mine that if I like something, they know they won't. And if I don't, they know they will, you know, but if you're consistent, you find someone that you like too, and, and, and you, you have the same similar taste to, and, and you watch their review. And if you're still not sure, if, or, if, or if maybe that this specific game might be, you know, a little off on the ridge for you, then you watch some other guys and you see other perspectives and then that, that, that might help you make a better decision. So no, he's really good at it. He doesn't really care what we review just as he doesn't really care how many review. I mean, he he's really just whatever you want to give me, give me. He's uh, so I pretty much just do whatever I want. Do you like a particular game over another in the sense of doing a review? I'm not saying say, Oh, I've always liked this game or something like that. Do you like the shorter, quicker games to do the reviews or have you ever try to tailor them for a certain area yeah i mean it for me it's uh i mean as you could tell by my reviews most of them are my sweet spot is like six you know 60 minute games 45 to 60 minutes that pack a good amount of punch that, that, that has a lot of player interaction that's that i always call it the the depth to complexity ratio so the higher that ratio meaning the better the decisions the harder the decisions the better the depth with the least amount of complexity and the least amount of rules for me that makes that that's usually what I'm into. So I, t- I typically like those 60 minute or lighter games. Now, that, don't get me wrong. We were just talking about Power Grid and, you know, nothing personal is two or three hours. And I, I don't mind longer games. But for me, if it goes longer than 60, even 90 minute games, I'm finding they have to be exponentially better than a 60 minute game for me to keep it in my collection. Because, gosh, there's just only so much time to be able to play all these games you've got. Right. OK, so it's more for you about uh, it's just just time it's not necessarily i have three hours and want to squeeze in three different games it's just like i've only got an hour and i can only get in one yeah i mean i guess it's just personal preferences i i I just it's just what i kind of lean towards so just out of curiosity what's your one hour go-to game right now gosh well five tribes would be it right i mean that's right at one hour it's got a ton of depth ton of replayability value Baseball highlights twenty forty five. Uh, it's about forty five minutes. Those those two would easily be my favorites right around that time frame category right now. Two games I haven't played, and they're Dan's go to games. So I'll put that on the bucket list, Marty. That we got to get those. I've played five tribes. Why haven't you played five tribes? I've played five tribes multiple times. Because I'm not that crazy about five tribes. You should come out to a game night one night and play five tribes, dude. <laughs> Hey, once a month, your house, and you forcing this forbidden stars thing on me. Oh my gosh. Hey, we have game clubs, man. We play like like every other week, and you can come out anytime and play. Do, do you have game clubs, Dan? Or are you the game club? Uh, I, I don't really go to any. I, I, I kind of have my own, and I just have a group that comes over to my house uh, once or twice a week, depending on the week. And we do you know, play testing on one night for sure. Second night, we try. if we do it twice a week, we try to do it so that the second night is open gaming, meaning we play whatever we want, where the other night it's all review copies all night long. So I can So you're not walking around like uh, we do ours at a restaurant. We could. Ha- you have a game on your head. Want to play a game at all the tables? <laughs> no, that'd be a good thing, though. All right. No, I mean, I, luckily I've got. I've got a good, good amount of group of people that that like coming over here and hanging out, and it's it's a it's a fun place to be. And people are. Everyone's kind of super nice that comes over, and it's just you know just like you notice in the most of the gaming community, no matter where you go, you run into you know everyone's just so nice and so helpful and just fun to play with. So. We've just found a group and it kind of evolves over time and you'll see the same people for a while and then they'll, they'll kind of, something else will come up in their life and they'll go away. But some, some way or another, we always end up with, with, with great people that, that fill in those spots. Do you ever find that any of these people like get really sick of tired of having to learn a new game every time they come over? It's like, oh my gosh, another new game to learn. 
Not really. I think because, you know, when they come, I think they know. It, it's very obvious because, like, I the the review the review nights are pretty much like, hey, we we text we text one another about what night it's going to be that week, and and the other open gaming night is kind of like I send out an evite to a big group. So when people get the evite, they know it's the open gaming, and if they're getting texts from me, they I pretty much tell them, you know, review night's going to be this night, and you know, uh, at Dice Tower Con two years ago, I you know I fly all the way to Florida, my first Dice Tower convention, and I meet another guy and his wife, Greg and Stephanie, who's from 20 minutes from where I live, which is in Phoenix, which is, you know, a long, even a long flight to Dice Tower Con. And there, we live 20 minutes from each other. And we meet at Dice Tower Con. And since then, uh, those two have been sort of the staple of my, my review testing, uh, you know, group. And they've kind of anchored it for me and, and gotten people to join and, and kind of handle a lot of the logistics of getting people to come, short notice, this happens, oh, we need this many players for this night because we got this game. They've been kind of doing a really good job of kind of running that part of it for me. So. Wow, that's pretty neat. Now, you said you're near Phoenix, right? Yeah, I'm pretty close, about 20 minutes from downtown. So you know heat, kind of like what we're experiencing here in the South. It's, is it warm there? <laughs> but it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Yeah, it's dry, so it's not bad. I mean, we were at Death Tire Con just recently, right? And it was like 85 and humid, and I swear that, that feels a lot harder than it does here. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's amazing what the humidity will do to you. Now, Marty, one of the things I need to do is this depth versus complexity ratio that Dan was just mentioning. I need to get our um, resident statistics guy. You see, Dan, we have a young gentleman who's getting his PhD in statistics on. I need to hook you two up. So we can discuss this in great detail. You're making my heart sing because you just said statistics. Um, and after getting my bachelor's degree in engineering through uh, through Motorola, I got what's called a Six Sigma black belt, which for you guys listening has nothing to do with karate or any type of uh, martial arts. It's all about using statistical methods to, to drive either any business processes or technical processes down to as close to zero defects as possible. Marty knows all about that. Yep, one of the most boring classes I ever had to go through. <laughs> I, I swear. And now it's like moved on. It's like used to be, oh, everything, Six Sigma, Six Sigma, Six Sigma. It's like, yeah, nobody does that anymore. It's so weird. Or in the, in the uh, companies I'm on, I don't even use it anymore. Great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for raining on my parade there, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every few years, here, here's a new quality system. And it's like, this is it. This is the one. And it's like, all right, we're kind of, we're moving on to something else. It's like, oh, well, yeah, there's, there's all, you know, like any market, there's, there's cycles, there's buzzwords, there's, there's things that people are going to be hip to. So, yeah. So, so where are we at? ISO 10,000? I, I don't even know. Wasn't it 9,000 just last yeah, week? ISO 9,001. Yeah. I went through that stuff too. Okay, this is really boring. Let's move on to something <laughs> more exciting. It's like, oh my gosh, they're talking about quality processes. Hey, you know, that's what Kanban is, right, guys? It's a process for automobile development using a, a certain quality process. It's a game. You can make a game out of Six, uh, six Sigma. Maybe. Yeah. It'd well, be a boring to, game. It, just to finalize this clip, you kind of started off this whole section asking me, you know, when did I get started, how did I get started, and... And I didn't mean to kind of skirt around the issue as to how I got started, but I just recently told that long length story on a, on a recent podcast from the, you know, the, the secret cabal guy. So I didn't want to kind of rehash that entire thing. So if you're, if you're more interested, I didn't try to kind of sway you to the side there. So listeners, if you want to hear the full story, you can, you can go back to the secret cabal, the podcast I was just on to hear more. I didn't want to make it seem like I was rushing through or skirting any type of you know, background. Yeah. Well, maybe Marty, you can um, contact Jamie and he can cut that segment out. And we'll insert it into our show and drive up our listenership. Here's the thing. Almost guaranteed anybody listening to this show has already listened to that show. I figured as much. I figured as much. But you never know. You've got that guy who's listening in who's like, you know, 
wow, he was really short. What's up with that dude, you know? <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the reason why we brought you on is obviously to talk about Gen Con, the event that you know, it. is, it's getting ready to happen out there in Indianapolis. And guys, what we've done is we asked Dan to compose a list of games that he is basically going to tell you why he composed them. Like for me, it was going to be, Games I'm looking forward to possibly purchasing in this year. And Marty, what was? how did you make your list? Well, I think everybody said we was going to try to keep it around five. My five is games that I'm interested in but don't know a lot about. Dan? Uh, I've got three different lists. One of them is games that are releasing at Gen Con that mostly I have not played yet. I've got an, one little one-off that is uh, games that's going to have a limited release at Gen Con, meaning hit the doors as soon as you can. And then I've got a handful of games that are ones that have either either are just about to release at Gen Con that I've already played or ones that maybe just released like, you know, within the last month or so that probably the majority of people out there haven't played yet that I'm not like super excited about because I already have those games, but you should be excited about them and I want to get to those as well. To get us rolling, to get us into the mood of, of talking about this, can I just throw out one because I've been dying to talk to Dan about it. Is that all right with you? Of course. This is your show. No, it's your show. I'm just, as Stephen Bonacore said, the other guy. <laughs> Did you hear about that, Dan? No. Other, other guys. guys. Oh, I'm, I'm so multiple funny. guys. Marty and the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will never let that die. So <clears throat> anyway, one of the first ones that is coming out um, at Gen Con and for public consumption is by Smirk and Dagger. It's a Nevermore. It's a card playing game. And for me, Smirk and Dagger, they always have some surprise at Gen Con that grabs my attention. And I'm thinking, ooh, this is a card game, card drafting. I really like it. And then Dan sends back this note to me and says, I've already reviewed it. There ain't nothing to it. I got this. So I'm like, oh man. So I'm watching your video, Dan. And um, so I'm, I'm all interested. Oh, what did Dan say? Cause I do, I watch your videos because you're right. As you just said, people who you generally have like the same games with that you found, you really want their opinion on that. And as you got towards the end of that video, it was like you were struggling to come up with nice things to say. Am I wrong? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're wrong. I, I, I liked it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like talking to your wife, Tony. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I thought it was a really interesting drafting game. I think uh, some people are really going to get with that theme. The thing, the best part about this game is the part where, see, in this game, you're drafting and you're trying to get a majority of a certain type of suit, if you will, call it. And the different suits do different things. Some get you points. Some let you draw magic cards and kind of mess with people and break the rules of the game and things like that. So there's like, you know, five major suits. And one of them is like these ravens. Well, Ravens are like really bad unless you get like all of them. So it's like an all or nothing little thing for that suit. So there's some interesting uh, interactions that go on in this game. But the coolest part is that if you lose a life, because you have a certain amount of life to start the game, if you lose a life, you die and become a raven. But you're not, there's not player elimination. As a raven, the way you play the game changes, and you can still win as a raven, and you can come back to being a human and still win the game. I thought it was really cool. I mean, it's not going to win game of the year. It's not like the game I'm pushing every time somebody comes over, but it was it was definitely enjoyable and it was unique enough and different enough that I could see why you're interested into it. So I, I don't think I was, well, maybe I was at the time, but that's just like brain melt under the lights. But no, I, I thought it was a good game. For me, the, the game that's coming out at Gen Con that's, that grabbed my attention, the art and just my type of card drafting that I think I'll be able to get to the table, Marty's, is um, definitely Nevermore by Smirk and Dagger. 
Yeah, my only caveat to that is don't. Pl- I think it plays up to six. Don't play it with five or six. It's way too long for what it is. Four or less in that game is really good. Four, three or four is really the, the sweet spot for that game. Okay, so Marty, Smirk and Dagger's Table, work a deal, get us a copy. Done. So, Dan, what's the first one on your list you want to talk about? First one uh, actually is a party game from CGE, Checks Game Edition, called Code Names, designed by Vlada Shvatel. I had a chance to play this at, at Dice Tower Con. We were playing it with Patrick from Crash Games. We probably played this game an hour and a half straight and could not stop. This is an amazing game where essentially there's two sides. There's a red team and a blue team. Each team has one clue giver, and they're trying to give one-word clues. I call this Password on Steroids. And Password, for me, is doesn't sound like a fun game. It's like way old and been you know overdone and all that sort of thing. But this takes that game of Password. And where you're the giving password one word clues. is... Yes, yes, and you have to... The password. You have to say it like that. <laughs> so you're given these one word clues, but there's a five by five grid of all these different words that are out there. And you're trying to get your team to guess which words you're talking about. You give a one word clue, but there could be multiple words out there that pertain to it. So I might say catastrophe three. And that means there's three words out there that have something to do with catastrophe. And you're trying to guess the right ones, but sometimes you guess the wrong ones and you guess your opponent's word and they get the score. Sometimes you might guess uh, an assassin and that game ends immediately and you lose. The the synergy of you and your teammate, of building that trust and building the camaraderie and building that, I guess, that, that cohesiveness with your teammate as the game goes on, as the games go on, as you play with the same p- the partners a lot. Man, it is probably, it's the best party game I've played in a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, if this doesn't win party game of the year for me, I would be extremely surprised. I actually got to play this at Origins and I actually talked about it on our previous episode where we covered uh, what we did at Origins. And I was the exact same way. This was just a print and play copy that uh, Rodney Smith brought along and taught us. And when I first heard about it, I thought, eh, it's a word party game. Like you, we played for like an hour and a half. We had uh, six people playing and we kept taking turns just like, oh, let me give the clues now. Let me give the clues. And you kept and we just kept swapping around. And next thing we knew, we looked up. It's like, holy cow, we've been doing this like an hour, hour and a half. So when I heard it was coming out at Gen Con, I was like, I'm all over this. And then the price point is like, what, 20 bucks? I mean, there's not a lot to it. So if anybody out there is looking for a fun party game, this is the one. It's it's a it's low cost. That means there's there's not a lot of risk to it. But it will burn your brain, especially when you're the one giving the clues. It's fantastic. So from that standpoint, Marty, I'm, I'm thinking through all, you know, I, I love playing on our New Year's Eve when I go and visit all the families there. Uh, this sounds terrible, but we love wits and wagers. This sounds like a great one to bring into the fold as well. The cool thing is with this, it, it's like it says, I think, two to 12 players on the box or whatever. And basically, you can have two big teams, right? Because what happens is one person's given the clue and you can have four or five you can have one up to however many you want on one team talking together, trying to figure out what are they talking about. So small groups up to large groups. And just today I saw the final art on the game. Looks really good. I like what they, they've done with it. So it's a really interesting concept. I was surprised how well it works, but it works really well. And the rules were just released on BGG yesterday. Ooh. So there you go. Go look them up. So the first game that I want to talk about is one that I, I was talking about games I was wanting to know more about because I don't know a lot. And even though this has gotten a lot of talk, I still don't know a lot about it. And that's the re-release of the Versus System game from Upper Deck. Now, Tony, you and I played this when it first came out years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember we played, and I remember 
those rules were kind of tough for us. We kept having some issues with the rules and how combat worked and, and whatnot. It never really grabbed us. It seemed like there was always something that just didn't work for us. So when I heard that this was coming out again, they said they've retweaked the rules. They've streamlined it. It's no longer, longer a collectible card game, but I like card games and I like comic book heroes. So I'm really interested to see how this works. It's not. I'm not saying I'm going to jump in and get it. But it definitely is one of those games that I want to sit down and try while I'm at Gen Con. And for me, for me Marty, it's <clears throat> that game is also on my list. Looking forward to it as well. So I'm glad you picked it so that we can definitely try it out because I've been looking for that that superhero game again. You know, for for the cards. I'm, yeah, I love the fantasy. Uh, you know, the, the sci-fi, all that in our card games. Uh, Android Netrunner, Lord of the Rings, but. Where is that City of Heroes game that we enjoyed the, from that standpoint? You know, and I'm really looking forward to getting this to the table. Dan, what have you heard? Uh, nothing, unfortunately. <laughs> Did you play the Versus system when it first came out? I have not, no. And we brought you on this show for your expertise. And <laughs> oh my God. You've gosh. already let us down, man. Jeez. Dude. Oh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, Marty. I, I am kind of interested. I'm waiting to hear what all the buzz is at Gen Con. You know, pick up on on what people are saying go out and read the bgg forums and see if it's if they've tweaked it you know right and i'm really excited about i don't have to go buy a booster pack that that, that really has me intrigued well basically right it's the living card game expandable card game mechanic i mean i don't think we're going to see too many more people come out with a ccg type business model anymore magic owns it and nobody else needs to do it anymore yeah what did i post it over in our forums and bgg i mean they have the lion's share of everything how much how many millions of dollars was that 500 millions or something oh my gosh you, yeah you post that was like 500 something million dollars of the hobby market is based on collectible games with the majority of that being magic and that's something and then what board games are what 100 and something million mm-hmm. do you see that dan i did not know gosh dan oh I'm too busy. Got my nose in BGG, and then, like I don't, I don't. I need to go off into some of these other areas. You guys got to, you guys got to show me these tricks. Okay, so so Dan, um, make sure that you go over guilds, find rolling dice and taking names, and become a <laughs> member so we can push that 600 mark. We're looking for 600 members. Okay, <laughs> uh, we appreciate. You don't have to type anything. We take care of all that. Just you know. <laughs> Get our numbers up. We would appreciate that. So um, back to back to what we were talking about, Dice City. That's my next one, Marty, that I'm, I'm very keen on. I'm excited about because I got the wife. I got everybody playing Roll for the Galaxy. And I'm like, okay, can I push them to that next level? And I'm thinking Dice City is going to do that for me. You know, Nations of the Dice game that we've played, that's a great game. Roll for the Galaxy, they love it. I love it. But, oh, here comes something else. This has got cards. This has got dice. It's got worker placement. And, yes, it's in the freaking category, Marty. So <laughs> it I, says worker placement? It says okay. worker placement. Oh, I was like, yes. <laughs> it's funny. I was reading on the forums day because that's actually on my list, too. That didn't make my top five because I thought somebody else may talk about it. So I, I pulled it down. Uh, but that's definitely on my list, too. And I was reading. Somebody said, well, how is this just not roll for the galaxy? And somebody said, there's actually more player interaction. You can do something like 
to attack somebody else's city. So there's a little more interaction than what there is for Roll. And that was my big beef against Roll for the Galaxy was that there wasn't a lot of player, there's hardly any player interaction whatsoever. So I'm really curious to see how this played. What have you heard, Dan? Uh, I have not heard a lot on this one. Oh my well, gosh, I, Dan. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I've seen the box and it does look cool and I've, I've read all the BGG descriptions. I, 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 I think I live on BGG. They're going to be charging me rent because I live there. But no, I've, I've, uh, no, no, no I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I've, I've looked at the box. It does look like, like a fun game that I would like. I mean, but are you just throwing us a bone there, Dan? Or are you seriously <laughs> saying that? No. I, and I'm not trying to be mean. Back. I'm just like, I, I feel like he, he's, you know, saying, yeah, good. Well, gosh, God, let's get to real games. But um, no, no, no. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the one that likes the lighter games. You guys should be saying that about my picks. Hey, um, I, I'm still up there. What was that game from BGG that you like that um, everybody picked up? Or what was it? The uh, Mark of 49, Game of 49? Oh, Game of 49, yeah. Yeah, so all right, Dan. So tell us, Dan, what's next on your list? All right, this one is from Ludonot coming through Asmo Day. It's called Discoveries. And so this is designed by the same guys that did Lewis and Clark, which was a game I really wanted to love because I love my favorite types of themes are realistic themes like when that game was on its way, I like watched the documentary of Lewis and Clark to learn about the expedition, to learn more about it, to see how well the theme fit. I just love historical themes, but the game was a little too Euro-y for me, definitely too long for my liking. Uh, and this is done by the same guy, same artist. I mean, it, it looks a lot like it, but instead of you know just making the camps, you're actually making the discoveries while you're there. And it's it's a it's a some people are calling this a lighter dice version of of uh, of of Lewis and Clark, but it's got some really cool mechanics. I was watching uh, Rado's run through of this the other day, and it, it it's got some fascinating. It's like a worker placement with dice rolling, right? You know, Alien Frontiers made that popular. Kingsburg made that popular, and it's a mechanic that I like a lot. But the interesting part is, you know, one of my favorite uh, worker placement games is Manhattan Project, and one of the reasons why I love it is because that timing of when you recall all your workers, you're placing a bunch of them, and then you can recall them at any time, and it just that's really the key of that game. With this, it's really cool because when you're rolling your dice. And you're doing some actions with those dice. After they're done, they go on one side of the board, depending on like one of two sides of the board, depending on what action you took on the dice. And when you want to reclaim your dice, you can not only reclaim yours, but you can reclaim your opponent's dice and start using them until they claim theirs back. So they might be in the middle of like trying to do this big turn and get all these, get very far in a discovery, but you've got some of their dice and they've got to decide, all right, do I just give up on what I've been working on just to get the dice back from that guy who's using them? I mean, it's just fascinating to me. I've heard a lot of positive buzz about that uh, game. I never played Lewis and Clark. It was played a few times at our game group, but I never got to sit down and uh, play it. I too like historical type games. So it's, it's one of those that I have like noted on my list. It didn't make my top five, but I definitely want to check it out. And, and for me, I think, Dan, you, you grabbed me. You had me at worker placement and dice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Tony's eyes just lit up. It was like he saw stars and he fell in love with Dan. It was, it was, it was a beautiful sight to see. So, I mean, you know, one of my favorite worker placements is pillars with the earth. It doesn't get enough play. So BGG pillars with the earth pillars of <laughs> p- pillars. With you the said earth. with the earth. I did, didn't I? Oh my gosh. Pillars. Now I can't even think of the right name. Thanks. Marty. Of, of, okay. Of. <laughs> Lords of the water deep pillars of the earth. So Dan BGG con, we'll have to break out some old worker placement game. Let's do it. All right, man. Marty. Next on my list is a game that, again, haven't heard a lot about, but this week I went and saw uh, the rules for this, Wrath of Dragons from Catalyst Game Labs. Now, Catalyst Game Labs is not known for, like, 
putting out a lot of really big popular board games. Last year, Shadowrun Crossfire did really well. It came out of the gate hot, but that was definitely a lukewarm game. Some people really liked it. Some people really didn't. They make a wonderful RPG. They make some good miniature games, but board games, eh, they're, I think they're trying to get into that now. So Wrath of Dragons, and what I was caught by is it's a resource destruction game. So you play as a dragon, and every 100 years, your dragon comes into these villages that are on the board. It's like a Euro game, and these villages have built up farms and resources and stuff, and your goal is try to attack the lands and destroy those resources. And basically, at the end of the game, you count up who's destroyed the most resources to win the game. So it's one of those things where it has sounds like it has a very much of a Euro feel, but with a theme that actually works in a Euro game. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really curious to see that. I've, I've got some time scheduled to go talk to them about that. So I, I hope that's as good as what I think it sounds like. Whoa. Now, is that releasing or is that just de- being demoed at Gen Con? It's going to be released at uh, Gen Con. They're going to have some... Co- I actually talked to uh, Randall Bills from Catalyst Game Live two days ago. He says, unless something happens, it will be at Gen Con. Wow. Resource destruction sounds fun. <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, it t- <laughs> doesn't sound, it's like, I mean, obviously, you're still, in theory, you're really collecting resources, and at the end, you're counting them up. But the idea is like, they're on the board, but you're trying to get rid of them, right. as opposed to create them. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to look into that one some more. That sounds like fun. And you're a dragon. And you're a dragon. Come on, you're a dragon. So I'm in right there. Dragon, yep, I'm in. But Marty, this is where I'm going to, you know, that's great. I, I hope you, when you go talk to them at Gen Con, but if we haven't said people, only Marty of this group is getting to go to Gen Con. I think we we need to keep pointing. Actually, I don't, I'm not sure we didn't say, we didn't say that, uh, did we? Which is a shame. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, Dan and I are participating in Gen Cant, and Marty is participating in both of them. But either way, but Marty, you know, Leviathans, Shadowrun Crossfire, you know, come on. They got to have a success. You know, that one that, that stays there. Duke was good. Duke was good. I got to give him credit for that. Duke was incredible. That was a great, uh, that's a great game. I still love playing you against with that game. Great two player game. So there's my next game. All right. So for me, this one just, it, it had me at, um, hello. Um, and that was, well, it did. I mean, you know, it was, was hello like, kitty. Is that what it was? I was going to say if it was hello kitty. Now, all right, you took my joke. That's hilarious. Hello kitty. The crossover with my little pony. Um, <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. I'd be all over that. <laughs> with, um, Bella Sara. Anyway. So, um, it's Star Trek five year mission. Okay. So for me, yeah, everybody's going to be clamoring all over this, but dice cooperative play, Three to seven players, that's key to me, and Star Trek. And Canceller freaking Troy is going to be at Gen Con signing copies. So they say. Yes, um, she will be there. I mean, one more can't. Well, Mike Fitzgerald signing copies too. But anyway, Counselor Troy will be there. That's all. She's going to be there, and Summer Glau is going to be there. So if you're into uh, sci fi uh, TV women, we got you covered this year at Gen Con. <laughs> I know. And I guess for me, it's the series. It's the Enterprise and uh, Next Generation, my two favorite series. And none of that um, Scott Bakula garbage. And so for me, you know, I'm really excited about this. I hope it doesn't bomb, but oh, I, it, it may be the next co-op game that I can beat Pandemic with. Wow. That's saying a lot. Oh, for me, yeah, definitely. 
I don't know a lot about this game, so I'm really curious to um, see what you think. Is this one I'm supposed to mule for you, or are you just going to check it out after it comes out? I want you to just go by and see what the buzz is for us, and then uh, get the selfie stick out with Counselor Troy if you can, and so I can be jealous. And that's, that's, that's all I need, man. So, Dan, what's up on your list now? Speaking of muling, hmm. Now that I know that you actually offer that as a service, I'm going to piggyback on this thing right now. There you go. There's a game that is releasing in very limited quantities that has had a lot of buzz since BGGCon last year, but is finally not really coming out, but kind of coming out, and that's Mysterium. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's uh, obviously, if you have not heard about this, it is a game that's been called Dixit Meets Clue, and it's a cooperative game from two to seven players, I believe, where you are using interesting original artwork to try to pass clues onto psychics and you're all working together and you're trying to figure out the person, the place and the thing. And it's a very, it's one of my, if not my favorite co-op game. I have that version from portal games and Asmodee through uh, is, is bringing it, bringing it here. Now it's not really releasing till October 1st, but they um, they're bringing in a couple hundred copies of Gen Con. And I am going to predict that this is going to be the biggest rush when the doors open. This is because it's been getting so much hype for so long. By the way, the rules just came out. I was up late last week reading the English rules, and not only have they addressed the only problem that I had with the Portal Games version, which is they now have a big screen that the ghosts can line up all the cards, see them all at the same time without the other people seeing them, which is very important. But they also added a little bidding mechanic where Ooh. people, you know, before you all have to like kind of agree on, you know, hey, yeah, was he really telling us that this is where we are? And some people disagree. Well, when it's your turn, you can basically say whatever you want. But now the other people can vote and say, nope, you're wrong. I bet you you're wrong. And if they're right, that gets them more chances to help win at the end of the game. It's really cool. Yeah, so, that, that whole bidding mechanic, I, I read up on that too. I was like, all right, that's a nice little twist because it's like at that point you may be betting against your co-op buddies yep. and benefiting from it. Yes, it's very interesting. So speaking of muling, I might have to send you some cash. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. But yeah, I could definitely do that for you. And, and some of the components, I mean, the clock, who cares about the little clock sitting there? I don't know why they did that. I was looking at the screenshots of it. They've upgraded, like you said, they've upgraded the components for what it looks like. How much did the art change? I haven't been able to look into that. It It's not obvious, but from looking at the rule book, definitely the character cards changed, yep. which are... Uh, I don't remember how many there are. Them 12, 15, 18, something like that. Um, it looks like the the big stack of dream cards stayed the same from what I could tell. It looks like the locations and the character cards changed. And it looked like maybe the items changed, but they look the same. They're just a little bit newer looking. So I'd say maybe half the game's cards changed. And of course, all the art of the box and the, the boards and all that other stuff too. The character cards change that they look more cartoony and a little more whimsical okay. than what they do in the original. It's almost exact because the artist is Xavier Collette, my favorite artist in board game, uh, you know, in the board game industry. And if you look at the original Dixit versus Dixit Journey, right? The original Dixit was very looks like looks like hand drawn, very brush techniques. And you go to Dixit Journey, and it's very clear, crisp, more digital images and cartoony. And the difference between those two are exactly the difference that this has. All right, did you see where Mysterium's getting that expansion? That's interesting too. So anyway, I didn't see that. You didn't see that? 
No. I didn't either. Okay. I'll have to go Google while you talk about your game. So I'm going to ignore what you're talking about, Marty. This. Okay. <laughs> oh, and like that's different from how? <laughs> hey, he's fitted in, Marty. He fits in. <laughs> he is. Welcome to the show, Dan. <laughs> so my next is Steamworks from TMG. I just read, because uh, one of those things where I was what this game is about, and it's worker placement, tile management, and the whole thing is you're trying to build machines. And once the machines are built, from what I understand, other people can take advantage and use those machines. So I thought that really sounded kind of cool. Again, I don't know a lot about it, but it's one of those games I want to check out. And, of course, when I was making my list, my wife was looking over my shoulder. My wife is huge into steampunk. And she was like, yeah, we're going to go look at that one. And, and that's the one she wants to check out, too, because of the steampunk theme. But that's another one that's on my list also. See, that one just got added to the BGG list for Gen Con just recently, like the last couple of days or so. That, and it didn't have a whole lot of information up until just recently. So, yeah, that, it, I know the, the box looks cool. <laughs> it does. But the idea of like putting together, again, here we're, we're here sitting with three engineers. So anything is like where I'm building something sounds neat. But then when they add on top of it, it's like once it's built, other players could then use it. I thought that was kind of uh, unique too. Instead of, instead of it just you building it for yourself. Cool. All right. So this is, this is Vanessa's Gen Con game? Maybe. She just looked at the list and saw, oh, that's kind of cool because it's, it's steampunk. I can't find anything other than some board thing on Mysterium. But so we'll just we'll just forget I even said that. Marty, that's... Wow. So you're providing false information to the oh listening audience. Listen to that. People got all excited about a Mysterium and expansion and it doesn't exist. I thought there was going to be a... Oh, but I'm, I'm wrong. I wouldn't doubt there's going to be some. Send your hate email to RollDiceTakeNames <laughs> at gmail.com. Attention, Tony. <laughs> That's fine. You bring it on because I can bring it right back. I'm easy on that. <laughs> um, and you will get a response. So for me, I think my next game is the um, King's Armory. Now, Marty and I have been talking about the, this concept of a... a um, Jeez, I am brain tower defense. Tower de- I am brain farting all night. Oh my heavens, tower defense type game, and this is a one to seven game. It was Kickstarter, and I'm interested in seeing how this comes out, what the demos look like at Gen Con, how well it plays. Because you know, I can see it in a, a video game, but how are they going to manage the resources? How are they going to um, keep that m- momentum going? Is it going to bog down? But it's tower defense. What do you mean bog down? Well, I mean. Think about it from my standpoint of, okay, you got to build a tower. Okay, you go build a tower. You go, okay, are the things still moving? I don't know. I, that's, I, I can't wait to hear how that um, plays out, what people are going to say about it. That's what I mean by bogged down. Well, it's funny you should say bogged down because I was looking into this as well. And the negative feedback that I've heard is that, A, it's, it, it gets way too long. And most people rebuttal like, yeah, after you've played it five times, you can get through it and two and a half hours and i'm like oh yeah sure oh uh but no a lot of people so i guess there's different ways that you can play the game and there's different ways you can make it shorter or longer but everything i've heard is it, it runs too long for what it is but i would like to see what you say about it when you come back well if it's a game is going to take uh, two and a half hours i probably will not be playing it while i'm there <laughs> so exactly so let's see dan agreed with me so um <laughs> I'm just glad you actually mentioned the game you knew something about. (laughs) (laughs) We are punchy tonight on rolling dice and taking names. We're taking some names. I'm liking this. So yeah, uh, exactly, Dan. I'm from. I'm like, what's it going? That's that's why Gen Con. Come on, people, give me some feedback. What do y'all think of this? But you're right. Two and a half hours. If I want to go that long, I'll 
I'll just go find Twilight Imperium somewhere. Or I don't know. And I don't know if two and a half hours is the exact quote, but I just remember hearing everyone saying it was it was a long game and it, it was much longer than it should have been. So anyway. I want to see you play Twilight Imperium in two and a half hours too. That's another story. That's another story. So anyway, Dan, please continue us. Get us moving. My next <laughs> one is a game called New Salem. And it's done by Overworld Games. Those are the same guys who did... Good cop, bad cop, okay? And so this is a game uh, with some hidden role elements. So this is back in Salem, Massachusetts, which is almost, I grew up in Boston. So this, the Salem Witch Trials are, again, historic theme. Uh, and it's close to where I grew up so that I'm really interested in the theme of this. But essentially, you know, some of you are, you're either Puritans or you're witches. You get secret roles at the beginning of the game. However, depending on the amount of players, the cards are shuffled and certain ones are taken out. So you're never 100% sure how many Puritans or how many witches there are. There could be no witches possibly, but there's going to be some most likely and how many it depends. And it's a drafting game where you're drafting different locations and you're trying to, the Puritans are trying to make sure uh, that there's a lot of hope out there because that's a lot of currency and they can do different things like put witches on trial. They're trying to stop the uh, the black cubes. I don't remember what they're called. Uh, so the witches are trying to get, oh, despair. The witches are trying to get despair in the, in the village and the Puritans are trying to get rid of it. And it, it's a really interesting drafting game. And there's some different events that you can action. And it's, it's trying to figure out who's doing what. And, it, you know, it's like a, it's, it's a hidden role game with, uh, with drafting. It seems really interesting, actually. Oh, hidden role game. Tony's out. He's back in his chair. He's not even listening I'm, anymore. No, I, I, when he started talking about it, I was like, oh, good. Resistance meets witches. Woohoo! marty this is right up your alley what do you think of it i I think it sounds kind of cool but it is i i am i'm with you tony i mean i was really big in resistance and all of a sudden when something's big right then everybody's going to come out that same sort of game and it's the hidden role deduction game and now there's a lot of them around so it's not like i get really excited about all of them anymore if somebody does something unique i'll check it out you know, like I played Good Cop, Bad Cop. And it's one of those things, if I had played Good Cop, Bad Cop before I played a lot of these other social deduction games, I would have probably liked it a lot more than I did. I enjoyed it when I played it, played it, but it didn't like really blow me away yeah. sort of deal. But again, it's just a very popular genre of game right now. And so there's a lot of like a lot of those out there. Yeah, and it's not so much social. It's more like, you know, when you play, you know, when you're doing Dead of Winter or whatever, and, oh, well, that's a really traitor-y thing to do, but there's a reason why you're doing it. This has a lot of those same mechanics built in where some of the things that you want to do with the cards that you have probably go against what role you're on, so it might it might appear that you're something else, but because of something else that that card does and does for you, you want to do it. Right. I, I will say uh, your point about that. I did play Dark Moon, and... Sometimes you'll do things that is a, a contrary to what you really want to do. That is the best game for that. Um, that is, uh, it, the game is like, it was a pretty good game, but the thing that really I really liked about it was the fact that it is very, it's a lot easier to hide your role if you're the bad guy because sometimes you're just forced to the way the dice work out. And without going to the mechanics of how it works, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, Dark Moon, I think, is a is an interesting game when, uh, you're having to make decisions and do things that's contrary to what your role says you should do just because of the way the dice came out. Okay, so I've been really interested in that one. And it, even Bonacore is at Dice Tower Con. I'm like, did you bring some Dark Moon to play? He's like, no. I'm like, well, nobody has a cop. Did you send it to the library? No. I'm like, come on, Bonacore. Wanted to play the game. I couldn't find anybody to play it. Uh, that had one. And so I've been dying. This is one I've really been dying to play. So it sounds like you give thumbs up on this one, huh? 
Uh, um, mm. I'm, I'm so so. I'm so so on okay. it. It was, you, you know, what distracted distracted me from it. Uh, detracted me from it was the art. It is the the art and stuff is so blah on that game. Well, I think they went sort of that panic station route, right? Where it's that that yeah. They did. I mean, I had I had a good time playing it, but again, it is the best game for making decisions that may be contrary to what you want to do, and thus it's easier to hide your role because of that. All right, I think I'm up for the next game. This is a game that's been out but not available in the U.S., and I'm interested in it because of who makes it, and that is Code of Nine by Z-Man Games. And Code of Nine is by some of the same people that did Tragedy Looper, which is the game that just totally blew me away last year. It was the most unique game that I played. And this is a, a game where you're playing, and, you're, and from what I understand, there's like puzzles and, de- and deduction in it, but it's a, it's a co-opish type game. No, we know it's not. I don't even know what it is. I'm just excited about it because it's from the same people that did Tragedy Looper, some of the same art, the anime art. Okay, hold on. I got to call I gotta call foul on this. I'm getting crap because I don't know of games that you guys are talking about, and you don't even know the games that you're talking about. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> That's true. Sorry, I had to call you out on that one. No, you should, and, and you should, because, uh, again, it's one of those that I read about, so, oh, that's very interesting, but didn't get to know a lot about it. It's, it's been out for what I'm um, looking at it now. It's been out for three years, but Z-Man has picked it up, and they're going to um, bring it here. So here, just I'll give you a synopsis. It's a card-based board game with the goal is to puzzle together long-gone memories, and if you're, you know, if you remember the whole thing with um, Tragedy Looper, is you're building this story, and it's like this logic puzzle type thing, so I'm really curious to see does this have kind of the same mechanics as you play against each other and you're battling for um for victory points so it's definitely not co-op but anyway so i'm interested in that again it's one of those i know very little about but just because who makes it i'm gonna go check it out so i think i think i was at one point interested in this and then i i believe if i'm not mistaken tom had done a review of this and i went and looked at the the copy that he had done a review and this is before z-man was going to republish it and i remember watching his review and and then no longer being interested in it, but I can't remember exactly why. So uh, go, look look his review up because I'm pretty sure he reviewed this before it was republished. Okay, then maybe I'll go check it out then because and maybe I'll go see what he says about it and go. Okay, it's not anything like I thought it was. And by so. the way, Tony, yes, the, um, very exciting is code words for I didn't do my homework. So thanks for coming on the show, Dan. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, so goodness. All right, so for me, Marty, um, I believe the last, well, there's two more on my list, but the last one that kind of I hadn't heard anything about and I'm very excited about, is that the right code word, Stan? Yeah, that's it. It's very excited about. about. (laughs) Uh, um, But it it is coming out next year, but I am interested to hear what the buzz is going to be about because, um, and that is Central City Heroes. It's that cooperative board game, one to four players. What's got me most intrigued about this, and because everybody's going to say, well, how's this different than Sentinels or Legendary or any of these other things that you play or Heroes Wanted? That's what I'm waiting to hear about at Gen Con. What I am interested in is, yeah, it's cooperative player, but I think it has more of the capability of building your own type of superhero, combining powers. Not a whole lot uh, you know, out there about it, but they are demoing it at Gen Con, and it's, first off, superheroes, cooperative play, and if only there was worker placement. 
I'd be... Who, ma- who makes the game? Uh, Clover Games um, makes the game. Okay. You might need to share this with me, and I'll go check it out and let you know what it looks like. I'll, I'll do that. Because it, first, it's superheroes, man. And I mean, you know, you can build all kinds of different... They, they, they're quoting on BGG, where Dan does all his research, 90 you know different hero personas and all these things that you can go um, out there and build players. And there's the playthrough videos and... It, to, to me, it's superheroes, and I'm looking for that next game. I mean, Sentinels, you get a, a, a hero, right? And Heroes Wanted, you know, you sort of kind of build your hero up. This one, I think, provides that diversity I'm looking for in a, in a game. Dan, have you heard anything about this one? Uh, nope, not on this one. Okay, I hear you, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. At least, I don't, at least I'm not saying I'm very excited about it like some other people. <laughs> Tony, I'm very excited about this one. It sounds great. I'm I'm very curious about it. Let me say that. I, that's that's that, those are the words. Curious curious is code word for I've never even heard of this thing. No, I've I've heard of this. Come on. Give me. <laughs> Fine. So which one are you excited and most curious about? Uh this one is called Warehouse 51. It is being brought to us by Passport Games, uh Fun Forge overseas. This is designed by Bruno Feduti. And it's also designed, I apologize for not remembering all the names, but to the guys that did Sheriff of Nottingham. And it's an auction. So the Warehouse uh, 51 is a game where we, it's in the future and America is broke. Ha ha. It sounds like a true, true realistic theme, right? And because they're so broke, the government has decided to sell off all the ancient treasures and interesting artifacts that they've been housing in this Warehouse 51. And you play... We all play rich people around the world that are ready to buy up these cool things. The so it's an auction game with, of course, Fiduni designed it, so it's got to have a little a, a lot of zaniness to it. There's a card next to each player. In between you and the other player on both sides, you both get to look at that at the beginning of the game, and those are like cursed treasures that you don't want, but you only it's some hidden information. And you're trying to just bet. Basically, it's it's an auction game where there's a lot of blind auctioning. There's some every card. A lot of the cards have these crazy and zany powers that kind of break the rules of the game, and you're trying to get some set collection out of it. So. Uh, because of the pedigree of the designers and because I have a, I like a lot of the games that Mr. Fuduti has designed that, and, and because of, you know, the guys that did Chef and Nottingham, this one's definitely on my radar. I haven't heard a lot about that one. It sounds exciting, though. It sounds like, oh, exciting. Last, okay, up until last week, there was nothing about this game. Fiduti did an interview on a Google Hangout that I watched and they talked more about it. And then right after that, they released the rules. And then I read it as I was waiting for a plane last week coming home from a, a business trip. So, yeah, now there's a lot more info about it. So here's my last game. Again, so earlier I mentioned Callus Game Labs and trying out a game of theirs. And, and Tony, you said, yeah, they have some sketchy past with the board games, which is true. Here's another company with sketchy past in board games, Privateer Press. I, I, I've gone to that well several times, and I may go again and just to check this out. They have a game called, coming out called Undercity. Uh, this is an Iron Kingdoms themed game that is in the same vein as like Castle Ravenloft. So it is a dungeon crawling game. Uh, it is co-op. I'm excited about it. And I actually know a little bit about it. No, <laughs> um, I was watching. Uh, they they played did a playthrough of this at uh, Privateer Press big uh, event in June called Lock and Load, and they sat down and showed how the game worked. And it is 
has kind of the the look and feel of Castle Ravenloft. I know, Tony, you said that game didn't blow you away with your group. And what didn't blow me away with that game is but the, your character gets stronger, then gets weaker, gets stronger. I mean, it doesn't level up over time. This one does. The mechanics work the same way as in War Machine. So combat works the same way. We're using D6s. You have armor checks and defense checks. And as you get better over time, you get additional feats that you can use. That, it really appeals to me because I'm still looking for that game that has the, has the co-op dungeon crawl that you build a character over time. And it's not like Descent, where Descent, you have to have somebody playing as you know the bad guy or Imperial or Salt. This is still 100% co-op. The thing that really attracts for me, though, is the tiles look so bland. I don't understand how a company can put out a game with great-looking miniatures in War Machine. This game has fantastic-looking miniatures, but the tiles they use are just plain, bland, boring, gray tiles. And unless what they were showing at lock and load is not the final production version, but I guess bet it's got to be this late in the game, the art of the tiles is is awful. But everything else looks great. You know, Privateer Press does great art. They have great theme. I love the Iron Kingdom's uh, theme and uh, love their RPG and their War Machine. So I'm looking for a board game in their same world. That's that's a lot of fun. So hopefully this is it. So Dan, have you ever done any of the Iron Kingdom type universe? Nope. Can you cut all the nopes, Marty, and like do a montage? <laughs> it was it was very exciting, actually. Actually, Marty, I was looking at this one too. It got a little MSRP sticker shock on it, of course. But um, I'm like, ooh, you know, Iron Kingdoms. I, I really, if I can use my um, RPG book with it or something, somehow they can tie that in. Maybe we can pull some cards out of our hordes. Um, Oh, I can't even think of that silly card game they had. Oh, oh my God. High Command. High Command. Oh, my gosh. I got so burned, burned on that game. So, but yeah, no, th- th- I saw this one too. I was like, ooh, this is, this is interesting. I'm, I, I, the exact same thoughts went through my head. I'm like, oh, can't please, please. It's like, please make this a good game so that you can buy it and I can play it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh, so as we've lost Dan here on our road down memory lane on our privateer press stuff, um, my last one, and I'll just, everybody seems to be waiting for this and is excited about it. And it's coming from Plat Hat Games. And we all know, Marty talked about it in our um, Origins-ish event, and that is Ashes. Um, I'm really excited about this one. I look forward to that one coming out and finally getting my hands on Marty's copy to play. And so I can decide if I'm going to buy it. But I'll leave it at that. Dan, uh, what you got for me? I got a a couple of expansions that I'm excited for. One of them is the expansion for Five Tribes, the Artisans of Nakala. And so this is one that adds some new tiles that you mix in. It, it'll, it makes it so there's some mountain t- mountains that get placed on these tiles, so you can't just drop the tribes anywhere you want. There's some hindrances is where you can where you can uh, leave them but the biggest thing is there's a new tribe called the artisans and when you gain these guys um, they're in front of you and like the white elders or the yellow viziers they're they're worth points at the end uh, depending if you have the most or not but they also allow you to go into this magic place and get a random power that allows you to break the game and it just though if you read the rules and you look at these powers you go Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. So for a game that I don't even really thought even needed an expansion because the game plays so differently every time, this still looks awesome to me. So that's the the, the Five Tribes expansion. The other expansions are for nothing personal. Uh, so they're called Associates. 
and power and influence. Both of them have a bunch more gangsters with a bunch more special abilities. Uh, one of them has uh, these casino cards where some of the gangsters will allow you to visit a specific casino and then roll some of the dice that are in the game and do some crazy things with it. And then there's also a Dice Tower promotional expansion, which we're not really sure where you can find these. I'm not sure if Tom will have them at his booth or maybe maybe Gamesville might have them there, but there's actually a card of, of me in the game. So I, I'm going to have to, I'm getting a copy of that for sure. That's cool. Now, did are any of these linked back to a Kickstarter that they ran about a year ago? Yes, they are from the Kickstarter. They are. Okay, well, it's good that they're coming out with them. Yeah, they're supposed to be there for Gen Con from what I've just been told as of yesterday. I've yet to play nothing personal because I'm kind of scared of the animosity I may feel to the other players as I lose. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, maybe there, there's another one we can add to the old BGG list and where we can maybe play that late at night and go to bed hating each other. Oh, <laughs> uh, Marty, you, are you done? Final just two honorables. I mentioned expansion. I will be getting the Atlanteans expansion for Imperial Settlers. Can't wait to see how that, that faction plays and see how it integrates with the game. One thing I love about that game is how the factions play totally differently, and that's why I think this game is going to have really long legs as long as they keep putting out expansions for that. The other one is a game I want to check out, too, from Renegade Games, the same people that have that now do Graphwell, and it's called Fuse, uh, which is a dice-rolling real-time co-op game, and they're going to be previewing that at Gen Con. And I'm, I'm very interested in the real-time game, and I've yet to see one that really, really captures that real-time spirit. So I'm going to go check this out and see if maybe this is one of those that does that for me. That one's been on my wish list for a while. Yeah, Fuse. Okay, that sounds interesting. Dan, what else you got? I've got a, a handful of them. I could do like a lightning round and fly through them like a like a half a minute to a minute a piece. How's that sound? Well, that sounds good as long as I got my I got my pen. I've already written down two you've mentioned, so I'm ready. Let's okay, go. Okay, a recently released game that was on Kickstarter got like a $280,000 from Mayday Games, brought it over here from Hobby World called Viceroy. It recently, backers are starting to get their copies now. So if you missed this Kickstarter Viceroy, you need to check this out at Gen Con. This is not a game I would typically like. It looks super dry. It looks super yuri. It looks very themeless, but the arts on the cards are great. You're building this pyramid. It's basically an engine building game with an auction mechanic that is very interesting. It is a, it's all, and everyone I've been talking to has been so impressed with this game. Go check it out. It's called Viceroy and it's from Mayday Games. It's an engine building game with an auction mechanic. I've played this game twice. Um, I did get the Kickstarter version. So glad I did with the gems and the mat. It was a hit at my house. I will say this, this game is best played with four players because that makes the auction mechanics so much more exciting. If you like that auction mechanic, that same company, Hobby World, came out with a game last year called Hollywood. And it was a game where you're trying to do, it's a drafting game with set collection. And it has this, that same auction mechanic in it. And it's, it's, it's really great. So next one is, is from Yellow. And it's called Pingo Pingo. Have you guys heard of this one? Yes, I have. Okay. Have you guys played Escape the Curse of the Temple? No. It's that, co-op, no. it's that cooperative game from Queen Games. It comes with a CD. It's 10 minutes long. It's super stressful. It's cooperative. You're rolling dice trying to get out of the... Uh, out of the out of the uh, the you know, little dungeon there. I still haven't yeah, played still it. haven't played it. Yeah. Then I'm not gonna be able to hook you guys. But anybody out there who's played that that knows that fun cooperative stress that's there. Well, this isn't cooperative, but in Pingo Pingo, it's a 15 minute soundtrack that you play, so it's timed. It's a it's a mix of a speed game where you're flipping over cards, and depending on which music is playing, daytime or nighttime, will tell you whether you can try to go for the treasure. So you flip over this golden pineapple, and if it's the daytime music and it's a daytime pineapple, first person to touch it gets it. 
unless it's trapped and has these inconspicuous little spiders on them. So you're trying to be fast, but you're screwing up and losing lives. And then the coolest thing is when an event comes up, you have to load this humongous plastic dart gun that you load darts in and you're shooting things across the room at targets. You're, you're, you're running around and touching a bridge on one side of the room, touching a bridge on the other side of the room. It is probably the probably the most unique game I've played in a long time. You'll be sweating when you're done. It's stressful and it's a lot of fun. That's Pingo Pingo. That does sound interesting. I'll have to say that. That's shooting when you're shooting and stuff. That's always fun, isn't it, Marty? Uh, you mean like uh, uh, dart gun desperados, Steve? Avery? Uh, anything, uh, yeah. uh, squirrels, yeah. shooting at squirrels, whatever you know, whatever you need to do. Those little tree rats. Anyway, sorry. What else? Next, next one is a game called Operation Faust from Robert Burke. We know is- him. We know him. We played the demo. <laughs> <laughs> We play tested the game before it was even called Operation Faust. Ooh, look at him pulling that little nugget out. Aw, that's so cute, Marty. <laughs> we played it way before you did. Na, 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 na. <laughs> Full disclosure, Robert was at, he was he was working in Phoenix last week and he came over to our game night and, and he played it with a bunch of the guys that were here and they all loved it too. But he he is getting he was uh, not sure if the if they were going to be there for Gen Con, but it sounds like they're going to be there. Basically, it is a bluffing game, kind of like in the in the in order of coup, but there's no player elimination and there's a realistic theme where in, in world war ii in occupied france you're trying to go in and get paintings some of the paintings are degenerate which allows them to be stolen from you some of them are forgeries that are worth nothing unless you get a certificate of authenticity a lot of bluffing a lot of lying a lot of fun no player elimination i'll never play coup again if you like that sort of thing you gotta check out operation faust Okay, last couple. One is from Z-Man, uh, sorry, not Z-Man, Pretzel Games, which is a sort of sister company to Z-Man. Uh, you've probably seen a lot about this. It's called Flick'em Up. It's a dexterity game, Wild West theme, plays up to 10 players. And it is, I'm not typically into dexterity games, but uh, it's finally re- like getting a full release at Gen Con. So if you missed out at Origins or you've been wanting to get it, now's the time to go to Gen Con and get it because that's when it's coming out. It's a really fun dexterity game. Everybody is talking about this game. Yeah, it was hot at Origins. Have you played Rampage? No, I I don't I don't have little kids. Good thing. Okay. So I don't have I don't get that opportunity to play those fun little games like that, like Marty does. I don't have little kids. No, you don't. But anyway, no, I, I and I think you know from my standpoint, it's it's probably those games that I, I need to be able to say, hey, does anybody have this? Bring it over and let's because I'm sure it's fun for adults as well. You know? Yeah, I, I had a blast with it. It's fun. It, you could, it plays big groups. It moves fast. It's it's fun. You set it up, you're going to get a crowd around you watching it play. It's, 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 it's fun. So is the over 40 crowd going to get hurt in this game? Are they going to pull anything? It sounds like Pingo Pingo. Or, or that, that sounds like a her, uh, hammy incident going to happen. <laughs> pingo Pingo, yeah, you'll pull something. This one, no, you're just, you're just flicking discs. So. so you just break a finger. Yeah, break a fingernail. Okay, I'll get the safety glasses. We're good to go. So in the, the last one, you guys said you liked the realistic themes. Uh, it was something I joked about earlier, which is Tesla versus Edison, War of Currents from Artana Games. So this was kickstarted, and the, the early backer rewards are starting to get theirs now, and they're, they're going to have them for Gen Con. It is kind of a Euro game with, with a stock market economic engine where you're, you're essentially you're, you're either advancing technology, right? You're, you're advancing AC or DC current. You're, you're engaging in propaganda, moving which AC or DC current is better at the time, right? You're gaining money. You're trying to create these projects and there's some network building, kind of like a la power grid on the map. But the coolest part is that you're buying, buying and selling stock of yours and of your opponents. So you buy up a bunch of your opponent's stock towards the end of the game, you sell a bunch off. They're worth a lot less. There's a lot of 
market manipulation for player interaction here. It's a really interesting economic game. As Homer Simpson would say, as in, that's awesome. And I wanted this game. I so wanted to back this game, Dan, but I knew I would never, ever be able to get it to the table. Why not? Who's, who's my main group? My neighbors and Donna, right? My wife. Yeah, but that, what the theme is? The thing be too difficult. I think I think what, it's I mean? too heavy, too difficult. I really do. I think you need that good, strong gamer group. And and when I come over with y'all, it, you know, we we've, we've got so many other games, and yeah, I just oh. Oh, I will tell you that there is only four things you can do on your turn, and it's usually slightly obvious what you probably should do, maybe. But it's so it's not like terribly complex, but it is. For me, it's a longer game than I usually enjoy, but because the theme is so cool, because the mechanics matches the theme, um, and because it has that economic engine, it's it's something that I, I definitely like. I, I'm going to be coming out with a video for this. I recorded sort of a, a rules explanation that uh, Artonic Games has, has asked me to make, and it's almost done, so it, sh- it should be coming out sometime in the next couple of weeks. Oh, he's competing against Rodney. <laughs> Look out, Rodney. You got competition. No, they they, uh, they 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 originally were going to uh, have me do a Kickstarter video for them, but they uh, they they funded so quickly because the game was so popular. We decided to to, to do something different instead. I to, I want to see that because I, it's a game I'm interested in. And I don't know of anybody locally that's getting it. Hopefully, one of our game friends, Tony, uh, got it because I, I definitely would like to play oh, it. Yeah, I mean, just the theme alone will. I mean, yeah, we're we're nerds, we're geeks. We're going we're going to want to enjoy that, and to know the the whole history behind it even brings more meaning for me so yeah basically edison was a jerk is what we're trying to say <sighs> well that's beside the point so yeah great list dan um and and i'm just like wow i can't write fast enough to get all this down so i know so there you go there are gosh what 20 25 games that we just went through ones that we're interested at gen con and that's not a fraction of the ones that's going to be coming out at that time so everybody has all different games that they're looking forward to there's probably a lot of big games we didn't even talk about obviously a lot of obscure games we didn't talk about but that's what we're excited about and if you want to come post in our guild some of the games that you were looking forward to hearing about from uh, gen con let us know whether it's going to be ones that are released there demo there preview there uh, this is the time of year uh, we're going to get to see the new ones. But Dan, you know what time it is, right? I'm, I'm maybe I, I, I don't, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'll just be honest. It is time for you to play our game of rank them. This is the game that we play with every one of our guests that come in here, and here's how this game's gonna work. We're gonna give you three items, and you're gonna rank those items any way that you see fit, and then you can tell us why you ranked them that way. Do you understand how this game is played, Dan? Sounds very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, that excitement was almost up there with Suzanne and Ree when we introduced them for Chit Chat Lad up. Yeah, whatever, guys, come on. This is the game that we can get our guests never to come back on the show with because they're just like this is so that was sad. Me, that was me pretending like i had no idea what was going on it was a callback marty it was good i like that i like how you tied that in so uh you know you you do the great callbacks Chaz is good for the puns and and we're still trying to figure out what re and sues are good for but anyway we'll work on that later going big or going home tony why don't you kick us off with the first uh, the list well, i'm gonna go with the themes here dan of uh games and so rank the following items Playing games, reviewing games, teaching games. Oh, that's tough. Um, we didn't say this was going to be easy. Shoot. <laughs> I, I'd say uh, 
Wow, this is a tough one. Oh, this is tough. Yeah. Wow, this is a no-brainer for really? me. Really? I I think uh, I, I think teaching games is the best, and reviewing and playing kind of go hand in hand. How do you split those up? How about this? Okay, so teaching games, playing games, reviewing games. You're talking to a reviewer, and reviewing was the least of the three. Isn't that weird? <laughs> no, actually, it's kind of what I was interested in because of of just how much you do. Uh, the reviewing is just kind of like a job, and this is what you enjoy. Of the no, home. I mean, I I love doing it, but I yeah. I really like breaking out a game. Like sometimes in my game groups, I'll just teach the game and walk away, and teach a different game to other folks. I just love teaching people the games. That's my favorite thing to do. Obviously playing them is playing them, right? That's always fun. Um, and you got to play them to be able to review them. So naturally it has to come last, right? You do, you do. And I'm not trying to, uh, blow smoke your way, but, um, you do a great job of teaching anybody who could read Polish rules of Mysterium at BGG and teach it to that, (laughs) that crew. Uh, you do. You're trying to blow smoke his way. I think you're mixing your metaphors. And that's what I'm known for. (laughs) Your turn. <laughs> so for me it's definitely going to be playing games, reviewing games, teaching games because I can't stand teaching games because I always teach them wrong and the people get ticked off at me and I'm tired of people getting ticked off at me so there you go. For me it's going to be playing games, reviewing games, teaching games for the same obvious reasons because I suck at teaching games and I know it. And even though I practice and practice, it is an art to teaching games. And that's why I'm saying you do such a very good job at it, sir. Thank you. What? You guys had the same answers, huh? Yeah, we did. Yeah, because... Like mine. Or anyway, we won't go there. Marty, (laughs) your turn. All right, here we go. Cubed, crushed, or shaved? What was the last one? Cubed, crushed, or shaved? What in the world... When did we walk into an abstract game? <laughs> <laughs> These aren't necessarily things about games. This is just yeah, any any sort of thing. Obviously, Tony, he's never listened to our show before to hear all the other rankings we do with all the other guests. No, actually, I always listen to you guys until Suzanne comes on and I turn it off. Oh, ah, just kidding, <laughs> Suzanne. Did you have your fishing jacket at Dice Tower? Yeah, actually, um, I saw it. I was standing next to her. We were playing Flick 'em Up when, when she showed up and Chaz had it on. It was awesome. Okay. Uh, and speaking of which, we also heard that you abused her and pushed her out of the pit <laughs> or something like that. Oh, she weighs like two pounds, dude. I, 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 I underestimated my strength and overestimated her weighing more than a six-year-old child. <laughs> That's not <laughs> she, the story we heard. She gets, she gets in the car and the seatbelt thing doesn't even ding. It doesn't like register. Wow. Oh, well done. Nice. Man, you started that very well. So back to the okay. game. Yeah. So uh, cubed, crushed, shaved. In that order. That's it. Mm-hmm. Cubed and, and why? Cubed, well, because that's, you know, anytime you're doing a power of something, that's engineering and geeky, right? So anytime you can cube something, that's, ooh, formulas, right? So that's that. Crushed is, I think of baseball highlight 2045 and crushing a home run. I'm thinking of baseball and sports, of things getting crushed and of sports. And shaved? I don't know. I, I can't even grow a beard, so that's got to be last, right? Oh, uh, that's that's good reasons. I like that cubed. That's pretty funny. For me, Marty, it's going to be crushed, shaved, and cubed. And I prefer my ice crushed. I don't like it shaved in a drink. And I, cubes just make, they always call it when they splash down in the drink, they make a mess. So I prefer crushed, shaved, and then cubed ice. 
Wow. So for me, it's going to be shaved because when I think of that, I think of like a snowball and I think it's like those uh, shaved ice snowballs with the flavors in it, which are really good. And then for me, it's cubed and crushed because for me, crushed just waters down the drink. And when I'm drinking it, it's the crushed ice just goes all over the place and I get a mouthful of ice instead of instead of mouthful of drink. Again, you guys both are on the drinking binge there. That's crazy. Well, I was referring to ice, obviously. <laughs> Cubed, crushed, and shaved well, ice. Well, yeah, but it goes with drinks, right? Well, no, it's just about ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this isn't the geek all stars. We didn't ask you what you brought on to drink. No, we're, we're in the. We figured if anybody, Phoenix. I mean, it's hot, man. Come on, how else are you going to cool off your drinks over there with different types of ice? All right. So for me, it is um, going back to the Suzanne theme: r- running elliptical weights. Oh gosh, that one's easy. Uh, weights running elliptical. Okay. Why? Uh-huh. Is that, is that, is that, do I have to answer why on every one of these? Yeah, if you, if want, you to. want to. Uh, weights is, I, I do P90X a lot, and lifting weights is one of my favorite. It is actually my favorite way to work out because nothing, nothing just gets that blood pump in like doing 160 push-ups and 80 pull-ups in an hour, right? Uh, and then um, running, I do love to run. I've run a couple of half marathons. I used to be a triathlete. And uh, ellipticals, I, it's last just because the other two I like better, but I actually have one of those like crazy elliptical on wheels called the Street Strider. And it's almost like you're like, it's an outdoor elliptical on wheels. And like you ride this thing and people like stop and stare and it's, it's kind of fun, but it's, uh, it's like, it's almost like you're running on a cloud. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's neat. Uh, I'm going to go running, weights, elliptical. And that's in the order that I typically do things. I do more running than weights, and I don't have an elliptical machine to get on because I will run instead and get the same benefit instead of doing the elliptical. So running, weights, elliptical. Okay. For me, it's the elliptical, then weights, then running. Not that I do any of those, but that's beside the point. Uh, (laughs) I just wanted to bring out Dan's exercise routine for everybody out there. Um, but I do, if, if I'm going to go to the gym, it will have to be on the elliptical and then weights and uh, get embarrassed by the ladies uh, that are lifting three times May. And then, of course, I hate running. God, I hate running. So, Oh, I hate running too, but that's the thing I do the most. But I, I hate it also. The best thing about running is when I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> because then I think, oh, I ain't got to do this for two more days. And that's such a great feeling. All right. So next on my list, here we go. Game Boy. Game Boy Advance DS. I'm going to go in that order, actually. Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and DS. Game Boy, because that's, gosh, the original. How can you beat that, right? That's just like nostalgia for me. The other two, they're kind of tied for me. I mean, I I could do six of one, half dozen another, honestly. The Game Boy was so far the other way, the other two, that looking backwards towards those, I mean, it's like looking at the, looking at the, the moon through the wrong end of a telescope. That's a good metaphor, Ooh, I like right that. So that's how you make a metaphor, Tony. Is that how it works? That's how it works. Okay. Well, I took notes. I'll go back and replay this over and over. <laughs> Watching and your brain smoke, uh, trying to figure out what the heck I was just saying was priceless. You just, I wish we had a screenshot of your face as well. <laughs> For me, Marty, it would be advanced, then Game Boy, then DS. Advanced because it brought us that game that I cannot remember ever the name of. It was the war game where you did the tactical turns against the computer. Advanced Wars. It was Advanced Wars. I'm like, it can't be that simple. Yeah. Advanced Wars. Best Game Boy game ever, in my opinion. And I don't care what the rest of you think. Um, And then, of course, Game Boy, it's the original. And DS just made them print money. So for me, it's going to be Game Boy Advance, DS, Game Boy. Because 
for the games that I enjoyed, I think the Game Boy Advance had the best games ever. That's the one I spent more time playing Mario Golf and Advance Wars and all the Zeldas and all the Metroids. And the DS has, you know, with the DS and 3DS has some good advanced games. Game Boy, it was nostalgic. But, you know, I didn't. my first Game Boy wasn't until the Game Boy Color. Okay. I, I, I missed out on the very first Game Boy, but got the Game Boy Color. But mainly what I remember from the Game Boy Color was Pokemon. Pokemon Blue and Red. That was the first Pokemon game I ever played. Good stuff. Going to have to go find my Game Boy. All right, Dan. Last one from me. A Guard 3, a Guard 4, or a Guard 5? He's looking at me like, what is he talking about? And I thought for sure this would be so easy for him. Really? Mm-hmm. A guard three, a guard four, and a guard five? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll clue you in. Clipper guard three, clipper guard four, clipper guard five for when you get your hair cut. Oh. Oh. I thought you were talking about basketball guards. No. Mm. Well, two, three, and four. Or, th- or the ones I gave you, three, four, and five. You pick. I don't care. You can make your own rules three. right now. You said three, four, and five? Uh, yeah, three, four, and five. I- I'm picturing you more of a three guy on the top with um, than you don't even use a four and a five. Well, so yeah, the smallest one, go in order from uh, ascending order, right? So, well, no, I-, I don't even even tell them which one to use on the top. I just tell them which one to use on the side, which is usually a two. Oh, see, I should have stuck. I had two written down, Marty. I had two written down. Mm. The three is a little long, and the four and five, I guess, they would just use it at the top. But uh, they should be actually using scissors at that point because that just means they're lazy if they're using a five because five is typically actually finger length unless you have a very overweight hairdresser, and then it's, you know, a little different. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. (laughs) Marty. If you're asking for a five blade, you're going to the wrong person. You just got to say, break out the scissors and stop being lazy. Okay, so here's the deal. I, I don't even know how to answer that because I'm scissor cut. I don't use any of these guard things. No, but don't don't go lazy and bring our clippers for me. I scissor cut the entire thing. Well, yeah, okay, fine. So basically, this ranking fell flat. I was really hoping it was going to be fun. So I'm just going to go with um, four is, is the sides for me blending the top with scissors. So it's going to go four. Um, then um, five, then three, because three, when I did three, my wife basically told me, don't ever do that again. (laughs) I have never had my hair cut with a guard. You've never had clippers on the side. So you're not going, so I'm not going to see you do the Beckham and have the, all the long hair on top and it really tight on the sides and have it swooshed over for the comb over. I don't even know what that means. Look, when I sit down, they say, how you want this? I said, you do scissor cut. And I have the whole thing scissor cut. I mean, otherwise, I feel like you're just going to use a Flobie or something like that. <laughs> Why am I paying you $15 to use a Flobie? <laughs> so not only are we all about gaming, we're also about men grooming and uh, taking care of himself. <laughs> so, Marty, what's your last one? Okay, so my last one is, we'll get back to just my gaming one. Here we go. Dice, cards, miniatures. I'm going to have to say cards, dice, and miniatures. Cards because... There's so many games that you have a card and it could do like four or five different things depending what's on the card. Think of like, think of the way that like Bruges uses cards and many other games that multiple things, right? Cards have a lot of hidden information a lot of times. Um, I, I just like, I like cards the best because of that. Dice, I love chucking dice, uh, but I just think that you can do so many more things with, 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 with the cards and you can see that nice artwork on the cards where it's like dice is dice, right? But I love I love chucking them. And miniatures, I, I hate them. I don't like any games really that have miniatures. So okay. I'm not a miniatures guy. Um, for me, 
two ways I could answer it. The, the top two would swap depending on how I look at them. So I'm going to answer it in the standpoint of what type of game mechanism that I like. And that is I, I love games with dice in them, then dice uh, card games, and then miniatures. If you're going to ask me what do I – you know, basic cards or basic dice games, that's how I'd rank it. But so for me, it's dice, cards, and miniatures. And for me, it's going to be cards just because my long love of card games, a lot of the same reasons Dan said. It's amazing all the things you can do with a simple piece of cardboard with some art and some letters on it, how it's used in so many different ways. Then I'm going to go um, miniatures uh, because I just like the look of miniatures and I like the idea of the hobby of painting miniatures. And then, and then dice. I mean, there's some really cool looking dice, but most of the time we're just chucking around D6s and those get are kind of boring after a while. So cards, miniatures, dice. All right. Well, that was almost a painful um, rank of Marty. <laughs> it was pretty painful. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't do a good job of picking out the questions for Dan to answer. I thought for sure the, the haircutting thing would work. I, but God, that bombed. It was miserable. Or oh. maybe you did and Dan's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Trust us. It's We've been doing this. We know what we're professionals. We know what we're doing. Oh, my gosh. So, Dan, before we let you go, we want to hear about some of the exciting things you're working on so i know you if you want to you can talk to us about maybe some videos that you got coming up and you're actually getting ready to start a new audio podcast you might want to share with us yeah so the audio podcast so uh on the dice tower network there's a podcast called the dice steeple which tom vassal started uh, a few years ago i think it's it's been quite sporadic up to this point so it's only had about six episodes but uh, sam healy and i are taking that over and we're going to start uh, we're going to kind of revitalize it and get it going in a more consistent fashion. And it's going to be actually we're recording our first episode tomorrow night, which is officially episode seven of the podcast. But it's uh, we're going to start doing that in a consistent manner. And the Dice Steeple is essentially it's a, it's going to be a podcast about games, but it's also going to be a podcast about uh, the Christian faith in games and also non-Christian faith in games and the gaming industry and how to blend and bring different worldviews closer together through gaming. Cool. So it's going to be a monthly, I think you said, starting out? I think out. it's going to start out as monthly, but I'd like to see it uh, go to an every other week format once we get our, our horses going. And when that's released, I guess that will be on the Dice Tower Network. It shall. Awesome. That's it. What kind of videos you got coming up? Ooh, let's see. Well, I already talked about that one with uh, Tesla and Edison coming out. Let's see. Ooh, there's uh, here's some unique stuff. So 1775 Rebellion and Freedom Underground Railroad are two games that I love and I've done some reviews for. I also, as we talked about in the in your little questionnaire here talked about teaching games right mm -hmm. and so uh i love to teach real life attributes along with gaming i've actually started to create my own courses that go along with games like teaching probabilities teaching logic and actually having a course where we can have kids play games but learn things well there's there's some people out there um, there's a there's a publisher that has teamed up with academy games and actually they they take a one week class of high school students through learning the history of the of, of the revolution through 1775 rebellion so they're playing the game but yet they're learning over a, a one week it's a five-day class and the same for freedom the underground railroad where you have a book that brings you through the history of it but you're actually during the class you're playing the game and doing scenarios and learning doing reading doing writings and i'm going to be actually reviewing these books so from a unique perspective those are some of the videos that i'm going to be doing here shortly so if i understand you right you're saying that you're going to learn while having Having fun? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, you know, right? You, so what you're telling me is you don't have this stockpile of games waiting for us to have some Game Boy Geek reviews to come out. Bam! I, d I do. And, you know, j just over the last three weeks, I think I've done close to 
20. Last I've yeah. been trying to clear out my queue for the Gen Con games. And then, of course, the ones that I've just mentioned are hopefully the ones that I'll be getting from Gen Con to review in the pilot games there. Didn't you just join this thing called Twitter? <laughs> yeah, like three months ago, finally. I had been on Facebook since I started a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know why it took me so long to join Twitter. I I don't know. I'm just one of those guys that uh, I'm a geek and I love technology, but social media is stuff that in my personal life, I don't use at all. Like my wife does it. And I just, you know, we share an account and I just, whatever she, what I tell her is, you know, the new, the, the cream will rise to the top. If it's important, she'll tell me. Right. And then otherwise I just, it's like a, it's like a time sink. So I never really had been too big into it, but then finally Suzanne had talked me into joining Twitter. So I did that three, three months ago. And I can be found on Twitter at the Game Boy Geek on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Game Boy Geek. And of course, uh, my website is GameboyGeek.com, where you can see all almost 400 of my reviews. Wow. So you just saved us from having to ask you where we can find you. You did it for us. Dan, it has been a, a real pleasure having you on the show. I'm sorry it took us so long. Took us so long, what, to record this or get him on the show? Both. And, okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, because of that, he will be willing to come back later, maybe pre BGG and we can just hash out all of this fun stuff we're going to be playing down there. I'd, we'd love to have you back, Dan. You, you you willing to do that? We promise Rankin won't be pulled out again. Book it, man. I'm done. Let's do it. BGG. We can't promise that. <laughs> now it's like a it's like a game. You know, now we got to come back and do an even better job because this failed so bad this time. He didn't even get the whole ice concept. He didn't get the clipper concept. You said it was an abstract. You said go with whatever you want. You know, if I had watched you guys go first, then it would have been, you know, wouldn't have been as abstract. I think, uh, you know what, you two, you two made up the questions and had these predetermined answers and made it all nice and cute. And I just came from left field, man. That's what it's about. Actually, Tony and I do not share our questions with each other until we get on the show. So that was the first time I was hearing okay. his too. Yep. We don't, we don't do that. But no, actually, you did it exactly how we wanted to. Completely abstract off the wall because that's what makes it fun. So, but Dan, thank you so much for being on the show and we really do appreciate you um, sharing your Gen being Con on thoughts. The show. Yeah, no, sharing your Gen Con thoughts with us. <laughs> thanks for having me, man. I've been uh, bugging you guys for a while to come on here and it's, it's, it's awesome that it finally happened. So thanks for having me. Gen Con is upon us. I know you're excited about going, Marty, but where's that first stop when you get into the big exhibit hall? Heading right over to the portal booth as they got big brand new games coming out for Gen Con. They've got Rattle Battle Grab the Loot. They got Atlanteans, the expansion for Imperial Settlers. They've got the two-player card game hit Tides of Time and a new faction for Nirishima Hex, Europolis. And I love Tides of Time. That is an incredible game and I, I, I got a feeling that one's going to sell out real quick, Marty. Was it like $12 or something like that? It's going to be gone. And you know, I bet the expansion, the Atlanteans expansion will be gone too. So if you're going to Gen Con, go by and check out the booth. If you're not going to Gen Con, all those games will be in your local game store or online retailer soon. What a fun-filled episode. We got a lot in there, Tony. Again, we ran a little bit longer than what we normally do. But hey, it's a big convention. There's a lot of games we're excited about, and it's hard to cram that in just an hour. Yeah, and I don't understand how we ran long, Marty. Nope. 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 That's not, that doesn't take up any time. You know? <laughs> oh, Dan, Dan was, Dan was a pleasure coming on. And I'm, he, 
took as well as he gave, or however I mix that metaphor. I'm getting to be the king of mixed metaphors. You know what? We need to work on our ranking questions. Uh, we'll we'll take a little more care in our questions next time so as to not confuse our guests. Yeah, and I think I'm going to, when I post it over on our guild, so guys, please definitely go out to our guild and do your own rankings. There may be a few missing and you're welcome to write them in because, oh, that was just, oh, that was awesome. So Marty, do me a favor. Have a huge time at Gen Con. I know you will. Don't get trampled in the crowds and say hello for me. Oh, I, I sure will. I'm sure everybody's going to be asking for you and wondering where you are. And I got to come up with the, he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it. He couldn't make it. So we will uh, miss you being there. And obviously, you know, if you want me to mule anything for you, you let me know. I will be in touch with you every day. Uh, just texting you and saying, okay, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want, I know you give me a short little list of things you want me to look for. So I'll be looking out for those. And, and it's getting even smaller because I think there's just two that I really want. And you'll be stopping by portal games at the start. So you can do all the shopping in early. Obviously our next episode is going to be focused on Gen Con, all the things I got to see and, and all the, the buzz about the games that's, that's been announced. And I'm sure other people have had the chance to play them by then. So hopefully that the games are available at Gen Con are also going to be at your local store soon for those that can't. But Tony, you're going to be heavily involved in Gen Can't, I believe. I hope to be heavily involved in Gen Can't because that's about the only con I'm going to get to enjoy. So just uh, I hope to be releasing some videos while I'm by myself. So we'll see how well that goes. Now, they're going to not be as professional quality as your latest Marty Musings. I'll give you credit for that. That was awesome, guy. Well done, sir. It was an answer to a question that Chaz uh, was given of a few weeks ago on Board Game Breakfast about why aren't the expansions to Dixit and Dominion called LCGs? And he did a really good job of answering, but there's a couple other points I really wanted to make. So if you're interested in that, you can go out to our YouTube channel and subscribe out there to any uh, videos that we post, and you can check that particular one out. Yeah, and Marty, before we get out here, don't you have a sort of a tease coming up here? We do have a tease. There is going to be a pretty big contest, Dice Tower Network Wide, that's going to be occurring in August. And we can't really talk about it right now, as we're not supposed to talk about it until August hits. But please stay tuned at the beginning of August. Listen to all the uh, network shows, as there's going to be something that you really want to get involved in, a way to win some fantastic prizes over the course of the month. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. And I hope we make it easy on ourselves so when this thing hits. So you and I, just we just can't do work. We also want to make it easy for the listeners, too, to participate, not make them jump too, through through too many hoops, because I'm sure a lot of the listeners will want to go check out all the other fine shows on the network and find out how they can enter in this contest also, because it's going to be, like I said, a network-wide contest, and you want to enter in as much as possible. Yeah, that's going to be incredible. Well, let's not keep the people hanging around so they'll come back again next time. So if you would, just keep rolling dice. And taking names. Thanks for listening to RDTN. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names. Visit our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Roll Dice Take Names. Visit our BGG Guild. Like us on Facebook. Hey, Marty. That was a really long show. You think the audience has left? Why should they leave now? The worst part's over. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. 
If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Indie Conquest, a blog helping indie board game designers succeed, providing useful resources from designing games, utilizing Kickstarter, and finally manufacturing and distributing your games. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.